You're listening to episode 20 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Today we get to talk to someone who I've gotten to know over the last few years because she played an integral role in helping me turn my little idea, my business into this big brand that is thriving and growing and she was the creative force behind that. Ashley Mahoney is the founder and creative director of Hello Big Idea. She was a former high school business teacher, and then she kind of shifted into this self-made, self-taught designer where she was freelancing a bit on the side and realized, I really have something here. And she became so passionate about helping other fellow creatives and entrepreneurs follow their dreams. But she's done it by creating this business, Hello Big Idea, that really specializes in things like branding, web design, social media, creating content, graphic design, photography, all like the visual sides of business, but giving it a pulse. She is masterful in breathing life into people's ideas and turning them into actual brands that stand for something. So today you get to hear from the expert, Ashley, and she's going to walk us through everything from what the difference between just having a business and having an actual brand is, how to build a big and successful brand, and also what I think is so key to our audience, how she created Hello Big Idea. How did that come to be? How long did it take? What are the pieces of her business that stand out to her as you know, so important when it comes to creating that successful brand and learning more about how she did it and how we can do it too and how we can apply that to scaling up our businesses and our lives. So you do not want to miss today's episode with Ashley Mahoney. Okay, Ashley, we are so excited to have you here and you have played a tremendous impact in my business and my brand. So it was kind of a no-brainer to get you on here and to pepper you with questions about building a successful business, kind of how you got here with Hello Big Idea and also the power of branding. But I feel like a big piece of any business's story is the creator. Like what led you to the creation of Hello Big Idea? Tell us a little bit more about you, your background, your interests, like your past experiences. I think people are always wondering like, oh, well, the reason they're successful is they must have been an expert in XYZ. So fill us in on you. First of all, I'm so happy to be here. But second of all, I also have a very unique background. And I think if anybody is thinking there's a traditional path, then they need to take a traditional path. That's crazy. So, and mine certainly isn't traditional. I was actually a high school teacher. I went to school for education and I was teaching classes such as entrepreneurship and web design and a class called emerging technology. And I loved these things, but I found myself trying to supplement some income by freelancing because I was really enjoyed design and some of the things that I was teaching, but needed more money at the same time. And This is in like maybe like 2010, 2011, where like the blog world started to blow up and people needed blogs or wanted a blog and I I could do that. So I started kind of freelancing this blogging business and I just, 
I didn't know what I didn't know. So I was really kind of naive to the whole thing, but I started it. And I just, I think I started with like one Etsy client and then eventually I built my own website. And then I eventually, I had a small base of clientele and it just kind of grew. And I really liked that. I didn't go to school for design. I don't have a design degree technically, but I was able to produce a product that people really liked. And I felt like I was on to something a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't fully understand how to translate that into a business quite yet. So I just kind of went along with it. Eventually I had what I like to call an eat, pray, love moment. (laughs) And I went through a divorce and it was kind of that time of now or never, like you either jump ship now or you don't. I was in a career where if I went and I would have to sign another year contract and I wouldn't be, it was, I wasn't, I couldn't quit anytime. It kind of forced me to, because I didn't want to wait another year. And I only had one mouth to feed. And I thought, you know what, if it's not now, then it's never. So I made the leap and I, I gave myself like three or four months and said, if I can't do anything, if I can't make any income, you know, or really supplement that, then I'll go try and find a more traditional job again or whatever. And Luckily, I didn't have to do that, but I had a weird luck of fate where somebody in Jamaica hired me to come down and contracted work where I was fresh off that divorce and just needed alone time. And so I spent my time in Jamaica. I was only there for about three or four months planning what I really wanted to do. I had never spent a ton of time alone and I needed that in life. And and I think the funny part is people always say like, oh, I love your name. Hello, big idea. That's so wonderful. How'd you come up with it? And it was by total mistake. I think I wanted to call it and start out with kind of a different type of business plan and call it the big idea, but that domain was taken. So I went with hello, big idea. And then it just kind of clicked and fell into place. And I didn't, I, I, I kind of go back to, I was a little naive and just didn't know what I didn't know. And I just started, you know, like if you don't start, you can't go anywhere. So I just, I just started. But it's real non-traditional. I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be taken seriously because I didn't have the degree or I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing because I'd never owned a business before, things like that. And it was just, those were kind of silly fears along the way because you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're really speaking to our listeners who might be teetering on that fence or like really feeling like they want to do something more. But what I loved about your story is that you kind of just started freelancing, like on the side, you know, because you, you had an interest, you had a skill set, not necessarily a degree in something, not necessarily, you know, a huge background in design or anything, but you're like, I just want to do this. And I think a lot of people that are sitting there wanting to get out of the gate and wanting to do something, they're like thinking of the whole big picture. Like they're, they're envisioning hello, big idea and saying, I want that. But forgetting that like you kind of just start and do a little bit here and there and you learn as you go. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing from day one. And if people gave themselves the permission to just try and see what their interests are and see what their skills are and fail a little bit, then they would take some of that pressure off and they would actually begin the journey versus sitting there for possibly forever. Like some people just never get started. So I love that piece of your story that it was like, I've been freelancing. I have some experience in this. I'm getting some good results. People appreciate the work I'm doing. And then getting to that place of now or never. Now or never doesn't have to be your day one, you know? And you can't have a fear of failure because you're going to fail. Like failure should be a good thing for you when you're starting out because 
we consider ourselves now that we're a team of humans, the problem solvers, like every little thing, road bump we come across, it is a problem for us to solve. And if you take that mentality as not a failure, but just like a learning experience, you'll figure out that it all benefits you in the end. And it's not really a setback whatsoever. It's how am I going to get over this hump? How am I going to problem solve this issue? You know, this client wasn't satisfied. Well, why weren't they satisfied is because we didn't communicate our vision very well or of the parts of all of this that we can control because there are things that are out of our control. Let's admit that. But of what's in our control, let's reflect on what went wrong here and figure out how we can make sure that doesn't happen again. So I think if your fear is failure, you should turn that around to a positive because failure can be such a great thing to happen to you early on. Yeah. Failure to me has been my greatest teacher. Yeah, it stings and it sucks. And it's like, I'm sick of having skin knees from falling so many times, but like you learn so much from that. I think people see these successful entrepreneurs or successful businesses or brands and they're like, think they built it in a magical vacuum. Like they mm-hmm. never failed. And it's like, oh my gosh, if you could really know the behind the scenes of their journey, you would be shocked by how many downs they've had, but it's gotten them to where they are. So, all right. So you're teaching, you're kind of freelancing, you take that leap of faith. You're in Jamaica, which uh, I wish all of us could kind of just start our businesses on an island somewhere. That sounds incredible. So you start kind of really building this thing up and it's, it's your sole gig at that point. Is that right? Yeah. Like three and a half, almost four years ago now, I got back from Jamaica and said, all right, we're going to do this. And I'm lucky to be, I live in Kansas city and we have the most uplifting creative community. So I felt like you know, it was really awesome. It was really wonderful the first few months because I had so much support around me and everybody was congratulating me and this is so awesome. And then it like set in like three or four months later, like, oh shoot, like this is this is it. Like this is this is the roller coaster that we're on now. And it's been interesting what's happened over that amount of time that we really just started out as me and figuring that out. And then slowly as we grew ultimately what helped us grow, I should start there is by creating high quality work, right? Where Mm -hmm. most of the things you're going to be referred back to because of the relationships you create with people. And that was my, at the forefront, it wasn't even necessarily what I was charging people. It was like, how am I going to build these relationships? And I had one person say to me one time, you were more excited about my brand and project than I was. And that felt really good to me. And that kind of always stuck with me where I thought I want every client to leave thinking we're just as excited for them and everything that they have going on is even more so than maybe they are at that very moment. So I think it was just a lot of learning, a lot of relationship building, and a lot of just getting out of the gate and just figuring it out every second of every day. Like tons of Google. Yeah. So much goal. <laughs> and just figuring out and staying passionate about what you do and making sure it's just the best possible product that you can possibly put out there. So yeah, absolutely. Driving force. How did people build businesses before Google? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Mr. Or what was it like? Um, Mr. Jeeves? Maybe they, or Ask Jeeves? Maybe they used Ask Yes, Jeeves something like that. that. <laughs> I don't know. Or like, it's amazing. Like I, I always say like in an interview when we hire somebody, like what were your last three Google searches? Cause I was <laughs> like how to take super glue off your hands and like how to make multiple artboard. I don't know. We just, we have to figure it out. 
Yeah, I love that. And so I want to ask you, because you kind of started to say like that it was just you a few years back. You have on your website, the, I love that timeline that you guys have, like where you yeah. have the year and kind of like what was happening and then the next year and what was happening and then the next year and how you realized that the year prior, like that really wasn't the path you wanted to go. So you switched it up. So can you tell us about that timeline of Hello Big Idea, like how it kind of progressed from it just being you and what were some of the failures and learnings that you had along the way? Yeah. I think that timeline's funny. I like to go back and read it sometimes because I forget mm-hmm. <laughs> everything that's sometimes happened. But I think the biggest thing on that timeline goes back to like how many mistakes I made somewhere along the way. And just like I started a blog, right? I, I think I actually started on like an Etsy shop somewhere along the way. I don't really know. <laughs> and then I like kind of faked my way through some stuff, right? Where I said yes, and then kind of figured it out after I said yes. And I'm not I'm not sure I would give that advice to anybody and everybody, but it certainly helped me learn a lot along the way. And through this timeline, I just kind of discovered different tools. I discovered different people where I just Google took a huge part in that timeline, obviously. I think where I transformed the most was when I had a first full-time hire, right? When you hire somebody full-time and you're their livelihood they are depending on you to bring, you know, basically to drive that revenue that that pays their paycheck. But it's also the biggest investment your business will make is hiring people. One thing that my timeline doesn't necessarily say, but was true to me is that I never started out. And there's people love to run like a solopreneur type business. That was just never my intention. My intention was from day one that this was going to be something bigger and more than just myself. So I'm not knocking the one-man show. I think that they're wildly utilized and it's a wonderful place to exist. I'm saying my goal from the beginning was not that. So I always had that in the back of my mind as this timeline is building and as we're going through this. So making that first full-time hire and then making that second full-time hire. And I think it speaks to how long those people have stuck around for me as well, that, you know, creating a culture. And then when you start hiring people, all of a sudden you start t- stepping into a role that you never understood you were in before we were managing people and you have to create a culture in your business. And I mean, it, you're constantly faced just one day after another with something that you, you, ne- you don't know, you're going to just figure it out as you go. And, but I think that that's what that timeline speaks to for sure is just, those different parts and kind of pivoting points, if you may, in a business that you just pivot, you know, and you just kind of have to shift what you're doing based on what's happening and where you want to go. But the end goal has always been something bigger than myself to have a space, to have a team, to have more than me at home on my computer. That was, that was the big dream. So I think that timeline kind of reflects it. It's kind of interesting to reflect on it for me. But I also would say that's a piece of, that's something that we as entrepreneurs don't do often enough is stop and think about like where we came from. Mm -hmm. You know, I get so wrapped up in the dailies of like the little things. Like I fired a CPA and hired a new one yesterday, (laughs) you know, like all in one day. And that was what I was consumed by. And I was thinking, and instead of like stopping and thinking like, look how far you've come to get to this point, you know, versus wrapped up in just the daily stuff. So yeah. It is. I like that idea. I mean, I've always tried to consistently journal throughout the journey and I have seasons where I'm good at it, but I always kick myself for the seasons where I'm not because there's this like dead space where it's really hard to remember 
the really good times and the really tough times. Like that, you know, when you're in a really tough time, you can only think about the bad stuff. But if you looked back, you would see that you had bad stuff before and you overcame it and you grew through it. But when you're in the weeds, it's really hard. So I love that you guys kind of lay that out. So speaking of that, and you speak a little bit about bringing people in and how those are pivotal points in your business. Tell us more about, we're going to get to the branding stuff because I know that's the meat and potatoes of today's episode and you guys are masterful at it. But I feel like there's this growth that you all have gone through and, and what HBI represents that I want to hear more a little bit a little bit more about your small but mighty team like and your mission at Hello Big Idea and you know your role there but some of the other roles there too because you guys do a really good job of or at least it appears to me and having worked with you I would say this to be true you each have your lanes that you stay in and you really collaborate well as a team so tell us about like mission and the different roles are within the company That's a really good question Starting with the mission, I would say, again, kind of the original idea is we say we are a company by women for women. So we are great if you are a company owned by a woman or if you are marketing to women, like you are for women. And we just, we kind of own that. We love, we don't hate men by any means, but we love to lift up women and what they can do and their businesses, their dreams, their ideas in any way we possibly can. That's a wonderful space and we've had a lot of success there. Just kind of owning that. We worked with plenty of men. We've had great relationships with them, but we're really about this empowerment of women. And I would say in the end, that's really our mission is to not only my personal mission is to help provide women with jobs that they love that are creative and wonderful, but our goal as a team is to be a team, you know, and that goes into the fact that we sit down And um, we do know our different roles, but we're not afraid. I I hate the mentality of, well, that's not in my job description, so I'm not going to do that. And it's like, we all have to be wear 17 different hats. You know, we all have to um, help each other out. If somebody wants to go out of town, that doesn't change the amount of work we still have to do. So we're going to pick up that workload for them so they can go enjoy their trip because I know I'm going to want a trip here, you know, in a couple of weeks and they're going to help me out too. So I think it's about that culture within we have and just setting the precedent, you know, of this is a wonderful place to work and you're going to thrive and you're going to have so many opportunities, but you also have to be a bit of a self-starter. I don't want to be over your shoulder asking yeah. you what you're doing or why you're doing it. I don't want to micromanage you because I got too much other stuff I need to be doing. And I think if you can kind of be transparent, I really pride our team and have some transparency and honesty with each other. And like, I hate passive aggressiveness. That's like my biggest pet peeve in the whole world Um, is just people that want to be passive aggressive. That's not our world. We want to be honest. We want to be transparent. We want to be upfront. And I think that that if we can set that culture within that's going to drive through the projects that we produce and the work that we produce as well along the way. So I love our team. They're literally my family, my, my whole world. So I make sure to treat them very well because I want that in return. So I think it's just come. Yeah. It's the golden rule. Isn't that the golden rule? Like treat people you want to be treated. Exactly. So, (laughs) and I think that the way I treat um, the girls that work for me and our, our clients is that it's kind of the same, you know, it, we hear some horror stories about people coming to us because they're like, 
I spent thousands and thousands of dollars and they ignored me and I never, I could never get a hold of them. And, you know, you hear these horror stories about like, and then they took my site down or they, they told me I couldn't leave a Google review because of this, that, or the, and it's like, oh gosh, we hope that you leave a five-star review because you feel so empowered to do so because you loved everything that happened with us. So that's really just, that's what's the driving force I think behind us. Yeah. And you can feel it. I mean, I've been one of your clients and um, you guys did incredible work for me. So like you talked about earlier, the make sure your end product is, you know, worthy of that five-star review. You guys worked really hard for me and worked really well with me. I felt like communication lines were open and I could feel the culture of your team, even though I never got to be like physically present with you guys working virtually, but it was an incredible experience, an incredible end product. And you helped me build my brand. I was at this place in my business where I was ready to expand and grow and kind of take my business to the next level. And that was that next level for me was this branding process, this personal branding process. So because I look at you guys as the masters of this, I want to talk through some branding stuff with you and sure. get your perspective on, you know, when someone has an idea, how do you turn that idea into a living, breathing brand? Like something that is going to impact people, help you grow your business. Just spew branding on me is sure. what I need right now. <laughs> I love it. Well, you have been our client and we've even transformed since the last time we worked with you. So I have some new information even since we worked together. But ultimately, I think it has to start with the idea that you want to make money, right? Unless, because none of us are trying to just give away our time for free. There are some people that's called nonprofit, right? You can go be a charity of some kind. For the most part, people need some kind of business plan, some way, even if it's the smallest format of how do you plan to make money? Now let's look at the end goal and let's kind of work backwards from there and figure out what your brand needs. If What kind of logo? Is this personal branding? Are you selling some kind of product or, or a brick and mortar store and break that, break that down. If we're going on the personal branding side, are we going to look at branding your name? Let's go look at some different people that have done this really well and how they compare to you. Let's talk about what this goal is and what you're really trying to achieve along the way. And oftentimes, instead of asking, what do you want to achieve? We ask, what's your problem and how can we solve it? We'll present you with the solution, but what's your initial problem? Your problem is you want to drive people in through the web somehow to be able to make money through a small creative design agency. That's our world. So I'll speak to that right now. Well, I need to prove that I can do that, right? So how can I prove that we can do that? We can build this site and we're going to have a portfolio on it. So there's proof there. And then I need to be able to have people inquire through that. So it's like working backwards. What's the problem? How can we creatively solve it? And oftentimes that comes in the form of, do we need to build a brand? Do we need to start with that foundation of figuring it out? Um, what your brand looks like. A brand comes in all different shapes and sizes. I think that there's a brand, but then there's just a logo. A logo is part of a brand. A logo comes with a, a lot of different things. So it's really figuring out what's your goal? What's your problem? How can we solve it? How can we put things visually into place that represent what you're trying to do? So that's a very generalized kind of scope of of things but that's just the that's where we start right mm -hmm. from there if we decide 
all right, Elizabeth, we, you decide your name is really what you want to roll with. And it, you know, you're going to own who you are. You have some photography taken, you have, you kind of figure out who you are, what you want to be and the name and brand you want to put out there. And so we kind of go through some discovery with you and say, Hey, what does this visually look like to you? Build us a Pinterest board. Tell us if your brand was a room or you know a color palette or what this looks like to you so we can see what's in your head and we'll kind of start from there. That's kind of the starting point. It's our first point where we get to see what's happening in your head and how can we translate that into something that works for you that can then become a podcast, that can then work on a website, that can then work through a variety of different creative assets to help your business grow and make you look every bit as legit as that you are. Yeah. Um, I think, and the fact that you start with the end in mind, and I think that's a missing piece for a lot of people is they start at the beginning because that seems logical and they just kind of piece together like, oh, I like these colors and this logo will work. And then they've done all this work. They spent all this money and they get to the end of it. They have their website built or they have their brand established and it's not serving the mission of their business. It's not serving them financially. Like it's not supporting what they ultimately want. So the fact that you start at the end and kind of reverse engineer that was so smart to me when we were doing it. And it also, it made sense and it allowed me to kind of see the vision coming to life before even it even had versus you just kind of saying, okay, first we'll do the logo here. Do you like this logo? Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to do this. Like it, it all made sense to me. So can you talk about, here's something that I've encountered. Okay. So when I'm mentoring people or I'm coaching people in their business that, you know, already exists and they're looking to scale it or someone who's just like getting their idea off the ground, they think establishing their brand, creating their logo, coming up with the colors they want, all important things because visual, like we're visual people, but they think that's magically going to make them money. Like they think the brand equals the business functioning. And they get really caught up in the details of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get to the part where like I'm actually signing clients in a bit. I have to have my logo perfect. I have to have this perfect. I have to have these colors lined. I got to pick my fonts. I need to have my messaging all done before I actually start. So can you speak to that? Like, do you ever encounter that where people kind of have this analysis paralysis or their foot on the brake as far as actually like running a business? Yeah, we actually love people that have a business plan or something in place before they come to us or have made a little bit of money before to help figure out, okay, now I know I need this. I think our number one thing is just get started. Figure out if this is actually what you want to do before you go in and dig into your pocket to, to create a brand to figure out, you know, if this is really something you want to do. And then once you do that, the investment of the brand becomes pretty easy where you're not shopping on Etsy for your logo. You can go to a design team and make it come to life because you know the importance of it because you got started first. You didn't build the brand first. Um, we get, we've actually had it happen multiple times where somebody built the brand first and then they came back to us a year later and we really built the brand because their whole, it was wrong. They wish they would have just waited and built something first that's happened before. It's, and in the end, it's not our decision to do that. We love to try and coach and persuade people. One of our first questions we ask when we, on our questionnaires, what's your, give us like the short version of your business plan. So we understand how you're going to, we want to help you make money, but we can't do that without understanding how you do that. And so 
some people think they're putting the cart before the horse or, you know, the chicken before the, I don't know, whatever term you want to use, but um, you have to have a game plan. Even if it's the smallest of game plan, we have a great client right now who's creating something, but she can't, and she, it's really dynamic and interesting, but she has this whole game plan to it. And it was so much easier for us to get on board to build her this magnificent world than if she would have just said, I'm going to start this and I don't really know where it's going, but I kind of like this and I think I need to do this. She had, has she had done her basically her homework, right? To come to us prior to. And I will say a brand is more successful when that foundation is built, even if it's chicken scratch on a, on a napkin about how you're going to make that happen. There's a plan in place. I think people sometimes confuse, okay, well, I'm just personal brand. I'm just going to brand my name. And so therefore I don't really need to have a business plan. My name's not going to change. You know, it's just, that's good enough. And it's, it's like, well, your name is always now becoming the name of a brand. So no, it still needs to have a business plan behind it. Whether you're going to write a book, whether you're going to start a speaking career, a coaching career, a mentor career, a consulting, whatever it may be, there's a million things somebody can do to brand themselves, but there still has to be a game plan behind it, especially if you want to make money and get your money back on the investment of creating the brand. So we always encourage that first. And they just become more fun to work with because they see how they're going to recoup this investment essentially very easily yeah. um, once that's started. So you probably worked with enough people to be able to answer this. What would you say is the biggest difference be- between people running just a business without, I don't know, this like heartbeat, you know, like I look at a brand as almost like an identity or mm-hmm. something that is representing the life of that business what's the difference between a brand and a business? Like the people who are just doing one or just doing the other, I feel like they kind of have to learn how to meld them together. What's your take on that? I I think you hit it on the head. It's a happy medium of the two where um, you can put a brand out there, but if you don't have anything to back it up, then what is it, you know, and you can put yourself out there, but if you don't have some legitimacy of a brand, then what does that matter either? So I think a lot of people just get started and I tell people just get started. And then once you get started, you start to get in a flow where you realize you need that or you've made even just three months down the road, you've made a little bit of money or whatever it may be to get to that point. I think it's a happy medium. I don't think it's a hard yes on one or a hard no on the other. It's figuring out and no two people are going to be the same. It's kind of a tough answer, right? Where where no two businesses are really the same. No two people really get started in the same way. It's about figuring out what works for you because most people are here to make money, not to be greedy, but that's what drives our world. You know, it just, it makes things a little bit easier along the way. So your goal has to be to make money. I think creating legitimacy is something that, I mean, we've all had like an Apple product. We love opening that Apple box. It's so beautiful and nice and well done, but we don't really keep the box in the end, but it's so beautiful when we get it, you know, that packaging, that how it feels, looks, acts, that legitimizes the product that we're buying along the way. And we start to get used to that and understand that. And we can start charging more because we have some more legitimacy behind us. And it all just kind of lifts each other up. Is there a perfect timeline that I think any one business can go through? I'm not sure that that exists. Maybe, maybe it does, but I think it's about getting started first and foremost, figuring it out. And it might be figuring it out starts with your logo that your niece made 
because she's kind of talented and it got you off the ground and started. And that's okay. But with the intention of later on down the road, you're going to build a brand identity for yourself. You're going to build a feeling, a style, a look, a presence that goes with everything that you're doing. And people start to buy into that along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I talk about this a lot with some of my clients who are having trouble getting off the ground because they want to hit the grand slam right out of the gate. And what you just said about like, you know, the niece who created the logo, it's like, there is an evolution to Mm -hmm. both a business and a brand. It doesn't have to be, even though you're starting with the end game in mind, you're not going to achieve the end game day one, as far as your business goes. So making sure you're taking those steps forward with a healthy respect for the fact that there will be an evolution and this process behind it that will allow you to change and grow. Like I've had multiple different logos. I've had, you know, I've had circumstances where I've done the branding process in full in its entirety too soon and then had to redo it because I'm like, that doesn't fit my business. That doesn't fit my mission. So, you know, those are failures that have taught me a lot and helped me get to where I am now. And I'm sure I'll have more evolutionary processes along the way. So if you're talking to someone who is starting that branding process, I don't think there's necessarily one right answer, but I'm curious your take on what, what would you tell them to do first? Like what are some of the, I like to give people some tangibles on these podcast episodes of just some things that they can take from this and apply to their business or their brand right away. Sure. One thing we love are vision boards. It's kind of a cheesy thing, but it works. And it's Pinterest provides you a perfect avenue to kind of start on that. So if you're not ready to brand yourself today or go to a designer and ask them to put it together an identity for you, you can certainly start by creating a feel, style, and look that you want to accomplish eventually through Pinterest. So we some questions that we ask people are like, or we say like, if your brand was a room, what would that room look, feel like, or be? You know, if your brand was an outfit, what are these outfits? If it had a wardrobe, what would this wardrobe look like? Go pin that, go find that. And sometimes we have to differentiate between what's best for your brand and what you personally like, right? Sometimes those can be two different things. Sometimes what you personally like and what your brand, what's good for your brand, because it's a personal branding project overlap a little bit more, but there's psychology to colors that you're putting out there. There's, there's a real thing behind that where, you know, if you're putting out certain colors, it represents something. And what does that look like? How is that looking? feeling? And you can constantly be curating that. So that's kind of step one to something that you could do very easily today by yourself. And over time, as you evolve as a business and see how it kind of transforms. And it's something we ask all of our, our clients to kind of go do right off the bat because it's our first visual that we get to see for them. Regardless of you're working with a team or not, it's a good, easy action step to take. I would say another thing is like, just start watching for those brands that you really love. Why do, and start asking the question, like, why do you really like this? Even if it's as big as Apple or if it's small as, you know, a tiny little local hometown shop or something, why is it that you're loving these brands or the experience that they provide you, whether it be on the web or in person or whatever it may be, why is it that you're so attracted to that? And I think that that can kind of help drive some of how you run your business, what your business looks and acts like, how it feels, things of that nature. 
as simple as just kind of absorbing it, you know, and taking it in and finding admirable brands out there that you really look up to or like along the way. I think those are two easy things that you can do. Yeah. And you had me do that process and I, it was so eye-opening to me because the asking yourself why piece of it, like I would see a lot of websites or businesses or brands that I loved. I'd be like, oh, I want something like that. But then kind of asking yourself like, okay, what is it about that that I like? And then once I'd answered that question, it's like, okay, that's great for them, but that doesn't really fit my mission. It's almost like when you go to the hair stylist and they're like, what do you want us to do? And you show them a picture of someone famous's hair and like the hairstylist is like, do you want that hair or is she just like really pretty and you just like (laughs) overall want to look like her or something? Because like, I can't do that for you. So it's, you know, really breaking down like, why do I like this? Does this fit what I'm looking for? Is this aligned with my mission or my beliefs or my vision for this thing? So I found that process really, really helpful. And like you said, like this is something people can do for free from home on their own without even bringing someone into it to then bring it to life for them. Sure. So I love asking people, who inspires you? You're out there inspiring other people. I know I'm inspired by what you guys have done, what you've built, but who are some people that you take inspiration from that kind of keep you going? Um, I think that kind of comes in different categories, quite honestly. I think that there are some, um, I love listening to the podcast, how I built this. Me too. <laughs> um, obsessed. Yeah. And I love some of those brands. I love Allie Webb mm-hmm. of Dry Bar. I yep. love Sarah Blakely of Spanx. Those women that have like built these really neat businesses out there. I really admire, I follow, I, I enjoy what they have to say and who they are. So those, that's like the admirable, you know, I consider them pretty famous people these days, but then there's also just like a local group of women I network with twice a month that are just incredibly badass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, they are so wonderful. They're highly successful businesswomen in Kansas city. And I look up to them and truly look forward to seeing them twice a month and being in a room surrounded by people that i you know, I'm like, this is the level I want to be on. These are the people I need to be around. They really inspire me. I also have a really good support system and a boyfriend. He helps a lot. Yeah. And what do you love most about what you've built and what you do? Like, I know the people inspire you, but then like when you look at, and when you take a minute to like actually slow down enough to look at that timeline and say, holy crap, we really did come pretty far. What are some of the things that make you smile the most? Like, of what you've built and what you get to do? I feel like you get asked the question, like, well, what what are your hobbies sometimes? And I'm like, well, I built a business out of my hobbies. So my hobbies work. (laughs) Right. Um, I I love working. I do. I work too. People tell me I work too much. I don't know. I like working. It's, It's what I enjoy doing. I love designing. I love building. I love problem solving. It doesn't feel like work a lot of the time to me. And so that's really fun that's a really fun place to get where you just are just very happy because you're doing what you absolutely love to do. And then every now and then I stop and think, and it's kind of blows my mind is my biggest dreams six, seven, eight years ago are where I'm at right now. And so it's kind of fun now to think, well, my biggest dreams now, am I going to be there in six, seven, eight years? You know, like it's, it's wild to me to think, Truly, I, I was thinking like if I could have a space and these people and this team and, you know, these clients and, oh my God, that's the dream. That's my biggest, wildest dream. And that's 
we're in that spot, but now what if we get to this next spot? Like those are my biggest wildest dreams. So it's just, it's kind of fun to reflect on that. And we've got so much farther to come still, you know, and so much to do. And it kind of blows my mind to think about it sometimes. Yeah, it it is. And I don't think as entrepreneurs, we always have our foot on the gas. And especially when you're already in the thick of it, like you have a team of people, you know, you have clients, like you have to be in the day-to-day to keep things thriving and moving. So it's really hard to take a beat and say, let me just reflect on how far I've come. It's just not really in our makeup, but I've learned over time that's something you really have to do, not in a sense of like a prideful way of patting yourself on the shoulder and saying, oh, I did it, but of just like a letting that wash over you and feeling the joy that comes with creating something like that and seeing, you know, the hard work you put in and all those failures where you thought they were the end of the world, you overcame them. And now they're like, they mean nothing, you know, they're, you hardly even remember them. So I don't know. I I think that's so awesome that you take those moments to kind of look back over it. And you guys have come a long way, even just since we've last worked together, like you've grown. So it's so cool to see. And I know a lot of the people that listen in, they might be in the same space as you, or they're looking to become, you know, something in this category. Where do you turn to grow? Like, what are the resources you go after? Whether it's like books you've read that have just totally made an impact on how you've built your business, like the people that you follow, seminars you attend, podcasts you listen to. I know you already mentioned how I built this. I love that one. What are some of the things that you turn to to continue that growth process? I'll tell you, I just got done reading a book that I loved. It was called Dear Client. It's by Bonnie Siegler. She's another designer. It is kind of towards designers or people in a creative field for sure, but it it was it was awesome. And I loved that book. So if you're in the design world or in a creative world or anything of that nature, go read Dear Client. It was an awesome perspective. I love a good podcast, like I said, and how I built this or things of that nature. I I mean, as some of the just like simple things, sometimes I just take the time to just scroll on Pinterest. I know that's, but it's like a visual, like fill me up for me where I I just like to see other things or, I mean, those are some inspiration that I draw from. And then, oh, you know what? I will tell you one thing that I loved. And this was kind of different as far as a growth standpoint, but it was like a mindful growth thing. Mm -hmm. I attended a retreat last fall in Joshua Tree, California called CEO Yeah. And it was for all women entrepreneurs. And it was life-changing for me where I just got to be around these women that were in this very same world that I am, where I can oftentimes speak to my boyfriend or speak to the girls at work. But these women that are like truly get it, like they just understand every little thing that I'm going through. And that was a powerful, powerful moment. And I still am connected with a lot of these women and we see each other and connect online. And that has been really fun where once you can find that group of people, it's like a mastermind. Like if somebody were to join a mastermind of some kind or anything like that, we don't call this a mastermind. It's just a group of people that, but I can understand where that would be a great fill me up for a lot of people. But that definitely struck a chord with me last fall and prompted some shifts that we made come this past January and things of that. But I mean, if you get an opportunity to go to something or, or be around a group, I never regret going to a conference or things of that nature. I like that you mentioned both kind of stuff in the design world that's like your technical space that you're in, but also the mindset piece of it. Because as an entrepreneur, because you're going to have so many ups and downs, 
if you're not, if you're only learning the things like the, the technical stuff that you apply to what you do and you're not taking care of where your head's at and what you believe and how you are like the lens that you view the world through, you burn out. Like you, you can only go, get so far. You can't mm-hmm. scale up to the levels that you, that might be on your heart because you tap out your potential when your head's not in that right space. So I think for me and to all the other people out there trying to get something to grow, the best way you can get your business to grow is to grow yourself, mm-hmm. not just in the, oh, can I learn this skill or can I improve at how to run a Facebook ad or whatever it is you're doing? It's what do I believe to be true? What, like, what things have I worked through in my own personal life, limiting self-beliefs that have allowed me to go next level? And the courses and the seminars and the books I read, I try to balance between having the business stuff and that mindset, heart stuff, because to me, it's equally as important. So I, I think that's great. I'm totally on the same page when it comes to that kind of thing. And I, I have to just thank you for being on because you played, whether you know it or not, such a huge impactful role on the last year or so of my life and the expansion of my business and giving my brand a pulse, you know, like it was an idea in my head and you guys made it a reality. So I hope you know that the work you're doing, it has a ripple effect. And this is just a platform for me to be able to serve more people. And because you helped me build that, I can do that. So I'm super grateful. And it was like no brainer having you on because I just feel like you guys are the queen bees of branding and and building that out for people. So thank you for being here. I I just am really grateful. That was really nice of you. Thank you. If people want to hunt you down, tell me where the best places they can find you and connect with you and reach out to you. I would say the two best places are probably Instagram and our website. We're very active on Instagram, so you can find us at HelloBigIdea or on our website at HelloBigIdea.com. We try and be pretty transparent on our website too, where if you need some information or things like that, we have a lot out there. So. You do. And I appreciated that because a lot of, I don't know if it's still true because I, I haven't been looking for your pricing, but you even had your pricing on your site. Still and I, do. <laughs> yeah. And I, I respect that and I admire that because it's like, hey, this is our value and it's either the right thing for you or it's not. And um, we're not ashamed to tell you that we can do incredible work for you and this is what it will cost. And that was something that I admired about what you did. It's not like there are no... You're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes with anything. And you're also, in my opinion, very affordable for the quality of the work that you do. It's like, this is a fair price. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're also not trying to squeeze anyone and you do great work. And if you want to take, like, I can't recommend these guys enough to our listeners, like hello, big idea, highly recommended. And if nothing else, follow them and learn from them on social media. I love following you guys on Instagram too. Oh, that made my day. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. You're very welcome. And you just keep doing your, your thing and I'll be coming back. You guys are, are my team. Awesome. Yeah. Take care. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. 
And if you liked today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.